Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, the Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Don't forget, this Thursday, Churn and Spoon is donating a percentage of their sales to the Palmer Home as part of the Super Talk Mississippi annual Radiothon in support of the Palmer Home. So every purchase you make, money goes directly to these kids who definitely need our help. So please, if you're not already a regular Strange Brew customer, make sure Thursday you head over there and grab a drink. Those money is going to a really, really good place, and you're going to get a really, really great coffee uh, for your time. National Championship merchandise is still on the shelves and still ready to be ordered at College Corner. Go to collegecornerstore.com or just go to one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And pick up the shirt, the hat, the polo that you want to wear to show everybody you are a fan of the national champion, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Excuse me, Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Robbie, we're making a Humble Taco run this week. Yeah, I'm down with that. I mean, you don't have to twist my arm on any of these places. No. If if you told me that we were going to, to Two Brothers... I would, I would get up and go right now, even yeah. though I just got done with Rush Rod Tyler. Yeah. We find room. You find yes. room. So we'll make a humble taco run, and you definitely should, too. Next time you're in Starkville area, if you're not living up here, you definitely have to put it on your list. Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. A chef-driven Mexican menu. Unique stuff and stuff for every kind of uh, for every kind of eater on in your family. So check them out over there on University Drive. That's Humble Taco. Robbie, today is the uh, MLB draft. It actually starts uh, tonight. Uh, the show will be up before then, so we can do a little bit of a preview here. And, and tonight is only the first round. I think you and I are in agreement. The only name of interest to Mississippi State fans is going to be Will Bednar. The most recent mock that I have seen had him going to the Chicago Cubs. So I'm sorry to hear that he's going to be a perennial loser from now on, in case my wife is listening. Uh, but yeah, Bed- Bednar, I'm saying you know, 15 to 25 kind of range that seems where everybody has him landing yeah i've seen it all over the place i've seen anywhere from 11 to about 30 but it it really feels like he's gonna go in the first round and before the college world series i think a lot of people were thinking late first round or in the second Mm -hmm. that college world series run really it really seemed to solidify the fact that he's going to be a first round draft pick and this is just a string of talented Mississippi State players that are going in the first round. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before. This is legitimately the golden age of Mississippi State baseball. Yeah, It goes beyond just winning the national championship. You're talking about five straight Super Regionals. This is going to be the third straight year, I think, for a first-round draft pick mm-hmm. if everything goes to plan, which I think has only happened mm-hmm. one other time. I think maybe in the late 90s. So, th- I mean, these, these are the talent. This, this is the most talent that Mississippi State's produced 
It, kept, it would be four I mean, of the last five years, wouldn't it? Because you'd have 18, there would Rooker. have been none, but Rooker the year before yeah. that. So. But, it, it, but three straight would be Ethan Small, Jordan five. Westberg, and uh, five Foskey. of the last six years, Dakota Hudson. Dakota Hudson, that's correct, in 2016? 2016, yeah. 16, Hudson, 17, Rooker, yeah. 19, Ethan Small, Westberg, Foskey. I could do six out of the last eight if you want to go back to Lingren. That's true. I mean, yeah. Well, he was second round. I can go he? seven of the last nine if you want. To. Was he second round? Yeah, he, I, thought he he was was one, either, I thought he was one of the con, the uh, conditional picks at the end of the. I first. I think he was second round. All right, you ha- you have a computer right in front of you. You do, I do. Um, and then, but Chris Renfro, Stratton, Chris Renfro, Stratton, Renfro, Chris Stratton, Renfro, Stratton, Stratton, Stratton yeah. Same. I mean, it, it's like I said. I mean, this is the golden age of Mississippi State, and we'll talk a little bit more about what I wrote yesterday, yeah. which it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about, but. Just another another guy to Second add. Round, you're correct. Another guy to out, add to the out, outfield wall mm-hmm. if it goes through, and I think a, a lot of credit goes to this pitching staff for developing him a little bit, but also to Will for trusting that he could better himself by coming to college. He mm-hmm. was a guy that was borderline top five, the top ten rounds, I think, coming out of high school. Very talented guy, but. He realized that he could come to school, had the, had just two years that he had to go to school because of his age, mm-hmm. and realized that he could make a lot more money, and he's cashing in. I want to make a quick change. Uh, the the projected order for, uh, or the projected pick for Bednar, let's say 14 through 25 instead of 15. Okay. Because the Giants pick 14th. You would, you would gladly take I him. would take Will Bednar in a New York second. Well, speaking of New York, I saw him projected to the Yankees in one thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't I mind think, that at all. No, no, nobody is shooting down the idea of Will Bednar. Um, and then, you know, then that's when the games really start to begin for Mississippi State, specifically for the recruits. Let's talk a little bit about your article before we get into that. Uh, you did some some deep dive research into all of the guys Mississippi State has recruited, have come to college, and then been drafted, or you know, were committed to Mississippi State and, and decided to to skip out on that. Just sort of to detail your findings for us. Well, please go read this article because it took it's me, really good. It took yes. me five hours to to compile, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was very straining. So please go read it for for just that purpose. But honestly, it, it's it, it's a really interesting article, and there there's a few guys that I left out from Mississippi State's perspective. But you kind of get the point when you when you roll through that thing. Basically, twenty five players have bypassed Mississippi State and decided to, to go pro. And that ranges from first-round picks to 40-round picks uh, when we saw Dale Burdick go in the 40th round. And coincidentally enough, he was one of the few that made it to AAA, which is strange. But I remember talking to Nick Mingione during that draft, and I think that was 2015, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 14. And, you know... We were talking about who was going to come to school and who he felt good about. It was in the middle of that draft, and he really didn't feel good about Del Burdick, even with the with him getting drafted in the 40th round. There's just some players that don't want to come to school, and you're not going to convince those guys otherwise. And in this draft, I think that's going to be a guy like Jordan McCants. I, I really don't see him coming to school, which would be kind of cool to see him and his brother go head-to-head for a couple of years. And I'll be honest, a couple of, uh, I think Kylie McDaniel said, and a couple other people have said that they think that McCants has a chance to end up here. So Yeah, I, based on what I'm hearing, I've been hearing for a couple of months, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Um, but I think I think what Kylie's thought process is, he's probably not going to be a high draft pick, and he was thinking he's probably going to choose to come to school over that. But from what I understand, McCants just wants to go pro. And – 
It's players like that you're just not going to convince otherwise. Bryce Hutchinson, I, I think that's his name, a few years ago, he just didn't want to come to school. I think he got drafted after 10 rounds. Here's one thing that you have to remember when you go into this, and we talk about this every single year. If a guy comes off the board in the top 10 rounds, there's a 98% chance that they're going to sign because teams are not going to go after these guys and draft them and take up a draft spot and lose, unless, money. And lose money unless they know they're going to sign these players. There's very, very rare exceptions. Gunnar Hoagland, uh, Carter Stewart, JT Ginn, all three of those I think were in the same draft or around the same time. So that's there's very few exceptions. And the, the exception that with, was the same draft. Yes, they, yeah. there was three guys in the same draft. They're all from Mississippi schools. Um, JT Ginn basically had a number. The Dodgers thought they were going to reach that number before actually talking to him and his family to confirm that, and they drafted Ginn with the assumption he was going to sign. But JT had a very high price tag. He That's a kid that really wanted to come to school. You're talking about op- opposite ends of the spectrum of Jordan McCants and Dale Burdick. JT really wanted to come to school, but he was a first-round draft pick. Mm. So he turns that money down, and a lot of people say – well, he made the mistake of coming to school because you didn't get the return on investment. He got more money the yeah. second time around being drafted in the second yeah. round. So that kid really cashed in. Um, but you're, you're talking about kids like Will Bednar, Landon Sims, Jackson Fristo, Kellum Clark, that value development and the college experience over going to get that money quick. And it, it, it takes you know a, a different kind of person – to jump on that money right away and start your pro career. You're bypassing uh, all those years as a college ex- college student and getting that college experience to go ahead and start uh, your pro career. And the numbers suggest, when I dive into this, the numbers suggest you're better off coming to school, unless you're a first-round pick or something. Right. Because 25 players bypass Mississippi State to go pro three of them have made a major league roster. Mm -hmm. Conversely, Mississippi State has put 12 players in the pros Mm -hmm. over the last nine years. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the guys... By the pros, you mean in the MLB. In in the MLB. They they have had 12 players called up to the main roster Mm -hmm. that came from Mississippi State. And I think one of them, Brandon Woodruff, didn't improve his draft stock. But he's become an all-star. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I mean, you can argue that he got his development in college, and his, his numbers weren't great. But when he got into Double A, he was ready. Let's look at it like this: If Brandon Woodruff had had four, or he was here, I think three years, right? If he had had three years in the minors, the way he had at Mississippi State, they probably cut him and just move on. Yeah. But by coming to Mississippi State and showing that you know, look, he's got some tools, we can work with him. He was a little further ahead, so that when he got to the minors, he, he could start. It started to improve for him. Right. It started to click for him a little bit. So I mean, that's, that's a really good point. It makes me wonder about a guy like Blaze Jordan. Like, are we going to be looking back on him in a few years and going, "Gosh, maybe he should have you know come to Mississippi to State. get a chance?" Uh, I, t- I remember talking to Jerry Padgett mm-hmm. in 2015, and and look, things didn't work out for him, and I hate that, but it was kind of a you know just bad luck for him when he got Tommy John. But he wanted to come to school. He's going to be a top four-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He wanted to come to school, and he told me that teams were telling him we would we would much more rather you go to college mm-hmm. 
and learn under Butch Thompson. Yeah. Develop under Butch Thompson. We value what Butch Thompson does as a pitching coach. We think he's going to make you a better pitcher. And that's what teams are. That's why you're starting to see college players more and more in the first round, second round. Tonight, I guarantee you, you see more college players drafted than high school players because that's what teams are going for. They want, they want guys that have been in those situations. In the SEC, you're, you're basically playing double-A ball. Yeah. You're, you're playing against guys that can, can recognize pitches, guys that know how to pitch, and there, there's just no substitute for playing three or and four years. And you're getting top-level coaching. Exactly. You get developed by great coaches, guys that have developed MLB pitchers, and I just I feel like the SEC in itself is a minor league system. Look at Ethan Small. In two years in the minor leagues, he's already in Triple A. He's already in Triple A. He'll be he'll be, he might make the, the playoff roster. Yeah. This 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 uh, teams this value teams value college athletes and the development that they get. And I think that seeing you don't get this experience that we saw in Omaha, and Mississippi State. You don't get to play in front of twenty thousand fans. Yeah. That holds you up on a pedestal. Yeah. You're playing in front of 500 people in single A and there there's just there's no connection. This is just a different feel here. So four guys to watch I think is what we we've determined. James Wood, Maddox Bruns, uh, Andrew Walling and you mentioned Jordan McCants. Of those four, who do you expect to see in Starkville next year? I think the highest percentage is probably Walling. Uh just because of where major league teams see him right now. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, if you get any of these four, I mean, you've you've won. Um, and, and listen, we we start hearing positive things for Mississippi State closer to the draft almost every year. I, I feel like this stuff we started hearing a little bit about Blaze Jordan a possibility, and a lot of that is just agent talk to try to get the agent, try to get teams to believe that these guys are going to come to school, so they have to pay them more money. So you you do have to be careful what you hear, but. I am hearing some positive things about Andrew Walling, left-handed pitcher, throwing high 90s, mid to high 90s from the left side. I mean, big league stuff. Pitched at Oklahoma, I mean, uh, Oregon State, went to Eastern Oklahoma. Was on that national championship team? The one that I believe he was, yeah. yeah. Um, Great stuff from the left side. I mean, if you get this guy, he's immediately a potential starter back into the bullpen type guy. He's got that kind of stuff. Maddox Bruns has a chance to be a first-round draft pick if he comes to school for for a few years. He has a chance to be a first-round draft pick. You're talking about two elite left-handed pitchers with those guys. You you don't get 96 to 97 from the left side often, and and you don't get that kind of off-speed stuff that they got too. So if you get either of those guys, it's a major win. If you get both of them, You've blown it out of the park. Yeah, uh, James Wood. He didn't have a very good season, but he was playing against some great competition at IMG Academy. Mm-hmm. So he he was going up against better competition than most of these kids in high school. Right. So you do have to take that into account. But he's got um, some he's got some big league stuff uh, at the plate. I still think he goes pro, and I think McCants goes pro. The two to watch really are Walling and Maddox Bruns. And then you know a guy like Pico Khan, uh, another lefty that's got a, he's got a chance, mm-hmm. but I, I feel a lot better about him than the other four. That's where State has sort of suffered in the draft. They've been able to get the power pitchers. They can't get the power bats to campus. Austin yeah. Hendrick uh, was Greg Pickett. Yep. Uh, Ronaldo Rivera. Um, who was the kid? Quentin Williams. Quentin Holmes. Quentin Holmes. They can't get the big bats to campus. They they don't have no problem getting the pitching. 
They're constantly getting 94, 95 guys. But Lamonis is – I think it was Lamonis's first year when he first came in, he had to try to keep, like, six guys. Yeah. I mean, he lost like, – he, he got – he kept JT Ginn, mm-hmm. but he lost – it was either Lamonis's year or – Well, he lost Carter before. Stewart, obviously. But that year they lost Bryce Bush, yeah. Jeremiah Jackson – Quentin Holmes, like the all, kid from uh, Smithville in that group, Jared, Jared Johnson, Johnson. Yeah, he might have been the year after. I can't remember, but yeah. there, there's guys that they've just been borderline. I think that's about to start shifting. I think they're about to start getting even more talent to start. Bowl. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, what now that they got a national championship, I mean, should be a little easier. Free advertising on ESPN during the College World Series of this fan base. Uh, I think that did wonders for Mississippi State and and Lamonis and Gotro too are great at selling Mississippi State in the college experience. Let's talk about the guys who are currently on the roster that are that could expect to hear their name called. Let's start with Tanner Allen. Tanner Allen, to me, is, sort of strikes me as the uh, quintessential great college player, but what does he do in the pro? Sort of, you know, not the same guy, but like a Tim Tebow kind of guy. Great college football player, but what does he do in the pros? National player there, you would think, you know, the accolades and the stats make you think this guy should be a first-round pick. In reality, he's probably a day-three guy. Yeah. For sure. You know, what is that? Is that 5 through 20 at that point? 11. Oh, they go 2 through 10 on day 2? Yeah. Okay. 11, th- 11 through. Yeah, so probably in that range. I mean, 11 could, through 4. What, what is 20 this year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could 7th, 8th, ninth round kind of guy. Could be. But that that's where I, I feel pretty comfortable with him. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see those those borderline guys. What, yeah. do they, what do they do? You know, Tanner Allen's going to be a top 10 guy. I think he'll be a top five round. Oh, top five. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I really think he'll be uh, get day two. Rowdy, I mean, what happens with him? I'm interested to see where Houston Harding goes, if he mm-hmm. goes. If he doesn't get drafted, I fully expect him to be back. So, I mean. Surely somebody in the top 20 rounds is going to take him. You would think, but I mean, Elijah McNamee get, didn't get taken in the top 40. You're not wrong, but left-handed pitching is just so valuable. It is, but I mean, he's not what does he do that's great? No, you're right. You're wrong. To, to me, his value is he's just a bulldog. He's just yeah. going to bear Can down. Locate. Yeah. He's pretty good at location. He's got a he's got a pretty good uh, breaking ball. He's throwing 89. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing special, but selfishly, I would love to see him back for another year. Well, I mean, you talk about locking up a, a rotation spot now. You know, you know he's starting, and then yes. it's just you got to fight figure out the other two, and it, and it gives you that left-hander that you're you're concerned about. Now you mentioned Walling and Pico Kong; those those guys will play in the mix. I think Cam Taller and Chris Lamonis told us on Sports Talk Mississippi that he was originally recruited to be a starter. He was. I mean, so they've got, and that's a guy they team. were worried about losing yeah. in the draft. Yeah, I think Taller was good when they used him. You know, yeah, I, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with him. Hey, well, so, here here's the thing: you can go from not essentially not having hardly any left-handed pitching. And being nervous about what you got to being loaded with left-handed pitching if yeah. things fall just right. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. If Walling and is, is Bruns is a lefty too, isn't he? Yes, Maddox yeah. Bruns a lefty. I mean, what if Christian McLeod decides to come back? Well, that was my next question was going to be. You know, there, there's a group of guys that I would say we don't know what's going to happen. McLeod is one. Cam James is one. Luke Hancock is one. I don't. I don't see Luke Hancock going. But of that group. Is, is there somebody that you're worried that, hey, they could make a decision to go, or do you feel pretty good about them? I mean, I feel like those guys are going to be back. Cam, Cam James and Luke Hancock, you still have a, a leverage year for both mm-hmm. of those guys. 
Uh, especially James. Well, he got he got, more, yeah, he's got he's got two years because yeah. he he's like Will Bednar. He's draft eligible. He could his his stock can skyrocket if he comes back. I mean, he he can make himself a lot of money next if year if he plays defense the whole year the way he played in Omaha. He's a first round pick. Yes, he's got all the tools to to do that. Yeah. Um. And he he's I think he's first or second round pick next year if he comes back. And right now I would say fourth or fifth round. If yeah. he decide to go, yeah. So you're talking about the difference in what five hundred thousand dollars? I hadn't looked at the yeah. the bonuses or anything like that. Versus, but a couple mil. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it, it's a no brainer for me. But I'm not in his shoes. Yeah. Does he feel if he feels like he's ready? Then by all means, go. Luke Hancock. I don't know where he would be drafted right now. Right. You because probably be top top ten rounds, but. Is he a catcher on the next level? That's, that's the thing. You haven't really seen enough of him as a catcher. Yeah. You know, he, he, he was the backup catcher this year. He DH'd a lot, and then he played first. But he's not a first baseman at the next level. So, And, and it, he's sort of unlucky. Yeah. He's not going to get to catch a lot. Yeah. Logan Tanner is back next year. So, I mean, he might have to switch to first base. Yeah. And, or, or, and listen, he by the end of the year, he was very reliable very at first baseman. Yeah. That's, that's not an easy – people think it's an easy position to play. It's not. I mean, I was at that scene in Moneyball where Brad Pitt's like, "It's it's easy to play first base. Tell him Wash and Wash goes, it's incredibly difficult." <laughs> I mean, it's it's not shortstop or second, but yeah. Look at that play that that he, he and Scotty DeBrule made in the game three. Game three, yeah. That you can't the timing of that. You just it? can't under you can't understate how difficult that play was. Exactly. And I I think in his first game. Playing first base, he wouldn't have been able to make that. No, I agree. No, I agree. But yeah, this this is a very interesting draft for Mississippi State. I think they're good moving forward, no matter what happens. But you you got a chance to be really special if you keep some of these guys, especially some of the guys that that are borderline, you know, top ten rounds or something. To keep the, to keep the talent that they have in this class, which is already really good, to keep a couple of those top end guys yeah. would be. Humongous. We'll see how it turns out. First round starts tonight at, I believe, 6 p.m. We'd expect to hear Will Bednar's name called, and then we'll sort of, it's, it's all play it by ear uh, after that. Let's move on into the second half or second part of the show. Brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. So today, uh, Robbie, I'm cooking wings today. So I'm at Kroger earlier. I'm going to buy some wings, and I hear a voice. Hey, I thought you were Welcome Home Beef exclusive. It was Chris Lamotis. Yes. So even he knows. He knows that Welcome Home Beef is. That's like, Coach, I am beefed out. I've been eating Welcome Home Beef like the last two or three weekends. I had to. I had to go another way this weekend. My dad, uh, Big Daddy, went went to went to check out Welcome Home Beef yesterday. Yeah, and they made their first ever trip to Two Brothers. Big Daddy, love to hear this. Welcome Home Beef, Coach Lamonas knows. You know, it's the national champion of beef. Head over to Val's Market and grab yourself a steak, some burgers, a roast, or any of the other cuts. Don't forget, they'll cut to order. It's all fresh, cut ready when you want it. Lower prices now. Everything's better now that it's at Val's Market. It is a really great operation. And we've got markets all over the state of Mississippi. Collinsville, Corinth, Byhalia, Olive Branch, Pontotoc. If your local grocery store doesn't carry Welcome Home Beef, you need to find out why. Call Welcome Home Beef to find out how you can get those products in your market today. That number is 662-268-8148. Or visit them online at absms.com. No, that's not right. Welcomehomebeef.com. Get it well, together. I, it, I know. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two brothers, you mentioned it. We ate dinner there uh, Thursday night. It was 
fantastic. Went upstairs. I, I haven't been upstairs much. I, I always, you know, never been upstairs. It's great. It was fun. It's great. And they talk about you know when when you get the football season and the Cotton District is packed. That's prime real estate to have one of those tables up there and be able to look out and see the the, the big crowds and of course to eat the great food that's always available at Two Brothers. You never have a bad meal there. Great food, great people, great service. Check them out today in the heart of the Cotton District. Some smoked Southern Soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. And I saw Barton yesterday ah. at Jeffrey Simmons camp. They were catering for um, Jeffrey Simmons' crew. So it was. Did you get to enjoy any of that? I did not. Let's say I was like, I would have shown up if I had known there was. I, two I wasn't going available. to impose. Um, those, those look like some angry men going after the uh, <laughs> the chicken wings. Tyrone Shorter was out there, had a plate full of chicken wings. I told him he did good. I mean, it looked delicious, but I, I didn't want to impose. There you go. Uh, Advantage Business Systems. They'll never impose on you. They always take care of you with two different systems. They've got. You taken care of with a great catalog full of the products, the services, the technology your business needs to survive and thrive, and they back everything up with the kind of customer service you would expect from your next door neighbor. And that's what they are. They're a Mississippi business through and through. Forty six years working here in the Magnolia State, helping out people just like you. Call them today and find out what they can do for you. That number is six oh one three six two nine one nine two or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Uh, Robbie, today is Hale State Takeover Day on the SEC Network, and I think I sum it up everybody's feelings when I say fart. <laughs> I just don't understand. Now, maybe you and I have an imperfect understanding of the rights of how things work for the for the SEC Network. Maybe you and I don't know all that information, and that's fine. But it is a really poor lineup. And I and I say that you know no offense to you know all of our all of the great athletes who play at Mississippi State. I, no no offense, I have respect for them. But what are they doing? I mean, all of the games are from the past year. Like, why would you want to show a football game from last year? Okay, by the way, I was wrong. The the, the LSU game is on there, but still, that's a good game to put on there. It is, but like Mississippi State, they have the Missouri game. Why, why do I want to see Davis Wade Stadium with ten thousand people in it? I, I want to see a full rocking stadium. I, I just I, I'm sure I'll get a message about this from someone tomorrow. I have my rebuttals in place. Go ahead and message me if you wish. I I just I want to know what are the requirements. Is right. it, it? It seems like looking at some of these other takeovers, mm-hmm. it seems like they want to keep it recent. Well, that's just dumb. And I don't. People want to see great stuff from the past. First off, the spring game is on here. I, I don't want nobody to see the spring game. Nobody wants to see the spring game the day it's played. And uh, okay, so I've been told by a few people that they they couldn't put the baseball championships on there. So that's understandable. So that's what we're saying. Like I don't have an understanding of the right. I don't understand how. Now I don't understand how an ESPN network can't show another ESPN networks. It's owned by the same people. The the only thing that I think might come into play there is they have like a certain amount of time where they can show these on a certain one of their networks and maybe SEC network is not one of those they have they have a I they have to show it on ESPNU or something that's fine but I don't get it I don't get it either but I, it's like it's there's like a lot of things it's I don't like understand. if you came to my house right we have three TVs in my house it's like me saying okay we can watch this on this TV and this TV but we can't watch it on that TV though yeah I mean it, it I mean I own all the TVs why can't we watch it on that TV I don't understand it but doesn't I mean make any sense 
Um, Softball versus South Carolina. I mean, I, let me I ask just, you a question. I'm not interested. You and you cover softball a little bit. You know some. Yeah. What's 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 interesting about that game? What happened was in the, that game? It was the start of their streak. Okay. But I would go with, I would go with like the the. Can they not show the SEC tournament game against Ole Miss? Yeah. Um, well, my what guess about, is that you've got two games against Ole Miss on here already. They probably didn't want to do three. I mean, what about well, the what about the one of the sweeps against uh, Georgia or? Here's Tennessee? the truth of this matter. No offense to Coach Ricketts and her team, but why are we throwing softball? Well, you got to spread it out. I mean, you know how well, like no, that goes. Yeah, I, no, no, I'm saying these, Ole Miss versus MSU women's basketball, a game that they almost lost. Yeah, no, I, nobody wants to rewatch that. Guys, the SEC Network is overthinking this so badly. Just show classic games. Yeah, that's all I really. You know, that's all show, I really want. I mean, if you need, I want what? So we've got how many? How many slots do we have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have ten slots. We're gonna put five football games, two men's basketball games, the women's game against UConn. Yes, and that leaves me two baseball games, which are going to be game two and game three of the College World Series. I would I would like to see the women's game against Louisville. That was a great ball game. That, that could be the, in the final that, four. That's fine. One of those games. South Carolina. One of the South Carolina that's games fine. at home. You can pick your women's game. You got you got some to pick from. We but, need we need ninety nine Egg Bowl. Yeah. We I'm, need we need the. Uh, I want we need a, we need a, a classic baseball. I want game. LSU from fourteen. Yeah, the I want fourteen LSU game, the, or maybe the thirteen Egg Bowl. Yeah, uh, with Dak scoring towards the. I mean, that's that's a good game to showcase Dak. Yeah, uh, I want you know twenty seventeen. Yeah, you know, they beat LSU. They, they crushed LSU. You know, maybe that. You've got a lot of options here. They've the SEC Network has, and I know some of this is Mississippi State's playing some of it because of what they've been told and. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to bash anyone at Mississippi State no, or anything no, like that. But, I'm just saying but the SEC network somewhere here. The SEC network as a whole is missing the mark yes. on, on programming. There's a disconnect between what the SEC network is saying they want to do and what people actually want to see. I would imagine. I mean, I haven't seen the Ole Miss. I haven't seen you know the Tennessee or the Texas. I don't. I don't care. But I imagine this is probably happening everywhere. This it is. is they're all. They're none of them are good. And this is the truth. Like all summer long. You're the SEC Network. You have a catalog of every game played, and yet you constantly show spring games over and over. They nobody, were showing spring games in the middle of regionals and super regionals in baseball. Yeah, nobody wants to see those. They want us. If you just did every all week, if you said on Friday at five o'clock we're showing classic games until Sunday at midnight, people are going to tune in a lot more than showing whatever it is else you're showing. During during those times, I think early on and on on these takeovers, I think they were they were pretty good. The first one I remember, they had the ninety nine egg bowl. They yeah. had the two thousand four basketball game at Alabama. Yeah, they had they had all these great games, and now it's turned it well. Like a couple years ago, Ole Miss just did like ten episodes of the season. Yeah, the whole sports. thing was just the season of different sports. Like here's the, here's the season for the rifle team. Like again, no, especially <laughs> the rifle team. I don't want them coming after me. But Somebody's nobody wants to see that. Through. It's yeah, a, uh, what's the what's the time frame? Can we not show the super regional game for Mississippi State against Notre Dame? That and that's the that's the thing. Somebody, I think some people are trying to convince us that these were lot these lineups were locked in a few weeks ago. Well, and I think I brought this up last week. If Nick Saban were to just up and decide, I'm done today. Call the university. I'm out. They would break in. 
and change the programming and say, like, all right, we're sorry, Mississippi State, but we have to cover this story. You can't convince me in this day and age that there it's not just simple as delete, insert, done. Yeah, how difficult is that? It can't be that difficult. It cannot be. I refuse to believe it is. I'll go and tell you right now, we're working in the radio industry. Like we have stuff that's that's put in there. Yeah. It's not that difficult to change it. And they have condensed versions of these games, too. Yeah. Like, the, the games that you're going to watch, they're going to have Dory, Dory yeah. Noak was going to come on there and say, due to time, time constraints. constraints. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, they, they need to consult fans about what, what do you want to see. That, that's, that's, what, that's what I would do. Here's a, here is a poll. What, would, what do you want to see on the SEC Network takeover? Let's get the fans' opinion. Because this can't be good for viewership, I, I would think. But I mean, it's just—it seems like every year they just—it gets more bland. Um, yeah. As as every year goes, I'm just and I, not I mean, a fan of it. So. I, I don't I don't know who's in charge of it, and uh, you know I don't know who to who to complain about, but I, I'm sure we will hear from someone tomorrow, whenever they uh. Oh, they hear I'm, it. I'm sure. So we'll see how it goes. All right, uh, tomorrow's show, uh, or I mean not tomorrow's show, but this week. Our two opponents we're looking at, SEC preview is Texas A&M. Opponent preview is Vanderbilt. We'll obviously talk more about the MLB draft as it happens. We're trying to line up a few more interviews as well. Should be a fun week for us here on Thunder and Lightning. Hope you guys are along for the ride. And then next week we're at SEC Media Days. Should be a lot of fun. Guys, have a great Sunday. Back with you on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.